Amen. So with everything that's going on in the last couple of weeks, what we really need to understand is that the church is still the hope for this world. The church is still the hope. God is still the hope for this country. You know, everything that's going on, it, it, it doesn't matter. We just have to be different. We have to be, we can't be just like the rest of the world. We have to be different. So, you know, dare to be different or let's be different. We have to show that we are the people of God. We have to show that the Spirit of God has filled us in such a way that we are living a life filled with the Holy Spirit. And we can't be just talking about the Holy Spirit as if it's just this great idea for us to be filled with the Spirit. But how about we allow the Spirit of God to truly just permeate in us, to truly fill us in a way that we are living out our lives, demonstrating everything that we do for God with the Holy Spirit. It's important that we do that. It's important that God is seen in this world. It's important that, it, that the Holy Spirit is seen through the church. That's you. That's me. That's the body of Christ. It is important that the church be active and be open to the supernatural that God has for us. You know, there, there's trouble around, and the trouble is that um, the church can't be like the rest of the world. The church that has been seeker-friendly, the church that has been just kind of just going after the culture of this world, it, it, it's, it can't be like that. And we, we can't be like that. The church can't be like that. The church has to be different. We have to be different than the culture. We have to be different than the world. We cannot be just like everybody else. And the reason we can't be just like everybody else is because we're not like everybody else. We have the one and only true God. I don't know if you guys all watched some of those, that ridiculous prayer in, in the congressional uh, opening the Congress. And I mean, I'll say it here, and if it's on Facebook, enjoy it. You know, the thing is, how can somebody pray to gods that don't exist? How can we lump gods in with other, our God that, that, with gods that are nothing? You know, how can we do that? How can we do that and expect God to be with this nation? How can we do that? We have to put God above all else. We have to put God as number one. There is no God above our God. There is no name that is above the name of Jesus. And all that is just falling into the conformity of the world, and we will not do that because we are the people of God. And we have a power within us with the Holy Spirit that cannot be denied. So we are the people of God. You are the people of God. We have to model a changed lifestyle. We can't just... We, the days of just kind of being comfortable seem to be going out the window. And that's good. That's good for the church because what we need to do is rely on our faith, rely on who we're grounded in, and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. In every historical occurrence where the church has changed the world, there has been the blood of martyrs, there have been tearful prayer warriors and powerful prayers, there have been the wake of influence left by people who are not willing to compromise their faith because of man. And so we cannot compromise anything we have to stand firm in the name of Jesus. And, and the power of a changed person, when someone changes, when someone opens their heart to Jesus, when someone is allowing the Spirit of God to, to, to be part of their whole life, it's like a, it's like a strong magnet. It, it, attracts, it attracts the lost. It really does attract. But when that power is absent, it is also very noticeable. And that power of the Holy Spirit 
unfortunately, is absent in many of our churches. And what we need to do is turn to God and repent of wherever we've been going wrong and trust in God and allow God to change the course that we've been going if we're not going on the correct course. Because we need to be obedient to the call that He has. And God has called here at this church, at La Mirada First, He's called us to love Him, number one. He's called us to love Him, number one. He's called us to love others with all our heart, to love others just like God loves us. And He's also called us to do that with a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't stop emphasizing that enough because we need to do things in the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to move empowered by the Spirit of God. We are going to change the world if we trust in God. If not, we're just going to be an organized religion that's just here to maintain itself. No, we can't do that. We can't do that. We are here because we represent Christ. We are the body of Christ. And that's who we are. That's who we are. You know, we pray, we pray hard every week and to bring you worship and, and prepare. But the truth is that you can, you can if, you, if it's music that you want, you can hear music wherever you want. You know, and we try and we prepare hard to, to bring you teachings throughout the week and to bring you the Word of God. But, you know, there are many pastors out there that you can listen to all over the place that are good orators that are dynamic speakers that you know you know you don't have to be here so we have to have something different and what we need to have is the holy spirit what we need to have is a church filled of people that are willing to serve god because it doesn't matter how things look it doesn't matter you know the worship is it good is it bad it, does, it doesn't matter what, what matters is that we listen to the word of god that we get into the Word of God, that we let the Word of God be in our heart, and that we not only do that on Sundays, but do that every day of our lives, that we allow the Word of God to be how to direct each and every step of our lives. So what are we doing to be different? What are we doing to attract other people that are lost? You know, what are we doing? Where are our modern-day martyrs in La Mirada first? You know, are we here? Is that us? Are we willing to stand up and make a stand against the culture that seems to be pressing in on all, on all sides? You know, free speech is being, you know, just choked. And, and the right to do what we have the right to do is being, is being choked. But you know what? We will, never, we will never lose because we have Christ. No matter what happens, we're going to be okay. But we need to make a difference. We need to be different. And that difference can only happen if we have the Holy Spirit within us. And you have, let's get this straight, we have the Holy Spirit. As soon as you open your heart to Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. But there's a difference when you let the Holy Spirit empower you and live your life empowered by the Holy Spirit. There is a big difference, a huge difference, and we need to learn to do that. So we need to stand up and be ready to put our faith to work. We have to put our faith to action. It's, we have to do something. We have to do something. You know, we sang that song, I Surrender All. And, you know, who, who, who is willing to surrender all to Jesus? Who are, are we willing to die to ourselves so that Jesus could live in us? Are we really willing to truly die to ourselves? Are we willing to pray? Are we willing to intercede? Are we willing to stand firm? If, you know, if there's no difference between 
There's no difference between an organization, a professional, social organizations, and the church if we don't have the Holy Spirit. The church should be dominant in today's society. The church should be dominant in today's society. Why? Because we are the people of God. And there is nothing that is above God. But if you look around, it's not the case. So what's happening? You know, the church, where is the church? Where are the people of God? Where are the, the, the faithful? Where are the people that will stand in the middle of, of you know, danger and, and proclaim the truth? Where are the people that will just proclaim the truth by the way they live their lives? Where are we? Where are we when we are around someone that we know is living in a way they shouldn't live and, and with the love of God be able to share the truth? Remember, the truth is what we need to share. The truth. It's time to be able to share the truth in ways that maybe we haven't. And if we don't know the truth, then we need to know the truth. Acts 1.8, one of my favorite verses, says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witness in, in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, this part of Scripture, when God commands His people to go out and to spread the word, it wasn't only for the church at that time. It wasn't only for the early church. It's for us right now, too. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit has become upon us, we need to go out and to witness. So the charge for the church, and I know I... You guys probably feel like I sound like a broken record because I'm always talking about Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and going out into the world and preaching the gospel. And I'm not going to stop doing that. Just not. I'm not going to stop. We need to be able to be obedient to the scriptures. And as simple as this scripture is, it is also very profound. We need to go out and praise God by the way we live and also by our mouth and our actions and the things that we do need to represent the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we're, we're pretty much powerless. Look at this scripture in Acts. This is the day of Pentecost. So before the day of Pentecost, the church is scrambling around and hiding everywhere. It says in, in Acts 2 and chapter 2 verses 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Verse 5 and on, we know that there was a whole bunch of people there from all other nations, and they began to say, why are they all speaking in our languages? And something must be going on here. What's going on? And then, of course, we also know that there were some people that made fun of them. In verse 13, it says, Some, however, made fun of them and said they've, they've had too much to drink. But they were different. They were different at that point. Not because they had anything to drink, but because they had the Spirit of God upon them. Something happened when the Holy Spirit came upon them that they were they were empowered to speak boldly, empowered to do things that they might have not tried to do before, knowing that God was with them. It just changed everything. So we are different. Like I said, once we have opened our heart to Jesus, we automatically have the Holy Spirit. That's scripture. So we need to be daring. Why not be a little daring? Why not be a little out there? We want the supernatural. We want the miracles of God. We, we're not going to see that if we don't do anything. 
We're not going to see the miracles of God if we just wait for them to happen. We have to go out and we will see the miracles of God happen again. Just uh, yesterday, I was going to go to Mexico and help out with some uh, children and gifts and stuff like that. But I, I couldn't go because I, I, I had my kids and I just couldn't go. So, but the thing is, when the, the churches that went over there, again, see the hand of God, the mighty hand of God, the miracles of God. So we have to do things if we're going to see the hand of God. We need to be out there. Of course, I want you guys to be here in church, but I want you guys to be out there outside of church too, preaching and, and, and praying for people, not just caring about our lives as everything we just do, but we have to care about God's movement. That's why I love to talk about Stephen. A few weeks ago, we talked about Stephen in the, in the book, from the book of Acts in, in the men's group, and I just love talking about Stephen. I love talking about Stephen. Right, Robert? I love talking about Stephen. Why? Because he wasn't a world-renowned preacher. He wasn't a famous man. What he was, was somebody, they needed somebody to wait on tables. The, the people then, the church then, needed somebody to wait on tables so that the pastors and preachers could go on and do what they were doing. But here's the thing, in order for him to wait on tables, he needed to be a man filled with the Holy Spirit filled with the Holy Spirit. And I love this because it's an example of how each and every one of us is called to serve the Lord. Not just pastors, preachers, evangelists, teachers, and so forth. Each and every one of us is called to, to preach the Word of God and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's no excuses. We don't have excuses to not be out there doing the will of God. The will of God is for you. The will of God is for me. The will of God is for those who open their hearts to God. We can't make excuses. If we want the supernatural to be unlocked in our lives, and I'm one that wants the supernatural of God. You know, that might sound weird to some people. When you talk about supernatural, people get a little, oh, I don't know what's going to happen here. Are they going to jump around and do something weird? No. Understand this. Our God is a supernatural God. Our God died on the cross, and He rose from the dead. Is that not a supernatural God? And we serve a supernatural God. So we are to do things in a supernatural manner, trusting in our God. Yes. Trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 6 eight says, Now Stephen, a man filled with God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. So here's a guy that was waiting on tables, equivalent to someone in the church that sets up or or moves chairs or anything that you may think well that's not you know but it is it is everything that we do we need to be filled with the holy spirit so here's a man that was waiting on tables but yet was filled with the holy spirit and the bible says that he was full of god's grace and power and performed great wonders signs among the people how can he do that if he was not filled with the spirit we can do that too and because he was doing great wonders and signs and doing miracles among the people, of course, the culture didn't like it. They didn't like it. The leaders and the influencers of that time, they just didn't like it. So they started to plan to capture him, to seize him. So they had to, you know, they had a chance to, to address the Sanhedrin, and, and, and he did. And, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was able to, to tell them a few things. But understand this, the cultures 
the cultural powerful influencers of that time, what they did in order to get him off the street was to lie and to manipulate because they didn't want the truth to come forth. That sounds a lot like what's happening now. The truth is trying to be suppressed, but it cannot be suppressed because the truth is found in Christ. They use lies and half-truths in order to sway the masses so that they would believe that Stephen was a danger to society, a danger to their way of life. So they seized him, they captured him, and they took him to the Sanhedrin, and, they, and that was the, the lawmakers there at the time, the, the leaders, the, 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 the people of God, and they said, explain yourself to us. And this is the part that, that I love about Stephen, because the way he, if you've ever read the book of Acts, you know what I'm talking about. And if you have not read the book of Acts, you need to read what this man did, because he explained himself in one of the most amazing displays of the power of the Holy Spirit that I have ever heard of. So this is what he does. If, you're, if you have your, it's in Acts chapter 7. I won't read it all because it's, it's, uh, it's a long part of scripture. But in the beginning, when he starts to, to, to address them, he starts to tell them about the truth, the truth of the scripture, the truth about the power of God. And he starts to talk all about the promises of Abraham in that first section. In verses 2 through 8, he talks about Abraham and the lineage and the history they have. And then he talks about the deliverance from Egypt and, and through Joseph. He, he talks, he's talking about the, the, the history of the, of the people of Israel. And then he goes on to talk about the deliverance that happened through Moses and everything that God was doing then. And he just goes on and he's, giving, he's, just, he's just giving them this history lesson. He's telling them everything that went on. And then, it, and then things start to turn a little bit in this speech and he starts to talk about the apostasy of Israel. He starts to tell them about, you know, you guys have turned your back on, on God. You guys keep resisting God. You guys are the ones that are doing this. You guys are the ones that are not listening. You guys are the ones. And so now they're just, you know, I guess, you know, picture them starting to get mad. And, and here's this, he, you know, I, I say waiter, but he's not a waiter. He's a man of God. He's a man filled with the Holy Spirit, but he was waiting on tables for the church. And to me, that's awesome that it doesn't matter what we do, that we can do mighty things for the Lord. And so then he starts to tell them how they rejected Jesus how Jesus came and that how they killed Jesus. And here's the thing about this. Everything he spoke was the truth. He knew the truth. He spoke the word of God. What does that tell us? Do we know the truth? Do we know the word of God? Are we studying the word of God? Are we, are we trying to gain the truth? You know, maybe we are, maybe we're not. But wherever you are in that, we need to do better. Even if you're doing good, you need to do better. And if you're not doing good, you need to do better. We need to do better at getting into the Word of God, at knowing the truth. So when anything comes at us, we know the truth. Because there's all kinds of lies out there. There's even theologies that don't match up with the Scriptures. We need to know the truth. And the truth is found in Scriptures. Everything that is said from a pulpit should be checked by the Word of God. All of you should be checking everything I say or any teacher of this church and making sure that it coincides with the Word of God. And that's how we live. That is the truth. That is the truth. So Stephen knew that they were going to do him harm. 
He knew they were going to do something to him. But you know what? He didn't back down. He did not back down. He wasn't backpedaling. He wasn't trying to defend himself. He was saying the word of God. So how many of us would do such a thing? If we know that we're in a situation where we can be harmed physically, will we continue to speak the truth? Let's say we have the liberty to stop speaking. Will we stop because we're afraid of being harmed? I hope we're not like that. I hope that we will speak the word of God no matter what happens, no matter what is going on, no matter what can happen to us. I've said it before, you cannot kill what is already dead. We have already died to Jesus. And we are alive in God for all eternity. Yes, we have a great privilege of being here and being able to speak and breathe and be outside in the, in the wonderful world the Lord has created. But when this time is up, we get to be in the even better place that God has created for His people. Yes, amen. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah, let's praise the Lord. There's nothing to worry about. Absolutely nothing to worry about. So here, Stephen, he speaks boldly the word of God. He starts to boldly speak the word of God. And, and he's realizing that, hopefully, hoping that they will see the word of God and that they will resist, they will stop resisting the Holy Spirit and maybe repent and maybe, maybe you know, he's... But they don't. We know that they don't. They continue to resist the Holy Spirit. Then he calls them stiff-necked people. Stiff-necked people was, was, a, was an insult. It was an insult. You know, there are people that, that are afraid to look towards Jesus. They're, they're, just, they're just stubborn. And so he was, you know, and then they're getting mad. And, they're, and he says, you know, you and your ancestors, you always resist the Holy Spirit. And then let's read from Acts 7, verse 57 through 60. And this is what they did. I could just, it says at this, they, they just covered their ears and started yelling at the top of their voices. They were so mad at the truth that, I, you know, I, can, I don't even know what they were screaming. I can't imagine what they were screaming. But can you imagine you telling the truth of the word of God to someone and they start covering their ears and screaming? You know, they just, basically they don't want to hear it. They're afraid to hear it because the truth will change them and they don't want to be changed. The Word of God will, will, will just separate and, and change people and just go right through you. And, and like a double-edged sword and just separate bone and marrow. The Word of God will cleanse people, but they don't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear it and they all rushed at him and they dragged him out of the city and they began to stone him. This sounds terrible, but it's very glorious that this happened for the name of Jesus. And it is a great honor to be able to speak of the men who have went through this kind of suffering for our Lord Jesus Christ. So they dragged him out, they stoned him, and meanwhile the witness that laid their, a witness laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul, and when they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Saul, we know as Paul later, and that's a whole, whole interesting thing. I'll touch on that for a moment. They were stoning him. Stephen prayed, and this is what he prays. When, when people are trying to destroy this man's life, when they are destroying this man's life, when they are hurting him, he says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Then he said this, and he fell asleep. Forgiveness, even 
when the wicked is destroying him physically, not spiritually or eternally, he said, God, forgive them. Would it, does, not, does that not sound a lot like Jesus? You know, and that's something that we should strive to be. That no matter what happens, because sometimes we get all crazy and bent out of shape when something far less happens to us, when we don't get our way. Let's say you go to Starbucks and they give you the wrong coffee. They don't put the wrong milk in there. I hope you can be forgiving. But sometimes even that, we get a little bit out of shape. We have to learn to forgive. We have to learn to give it all to God. We have to learn to give it all to Jesus. Because this that happened, there's one little sentence that happened there that says, they laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. This, this was just one sentence in there, but something that changed the world. What Stephen did, filled with the Holy Spirit, trusting in God, led one person to see the powerful hand of God, then, then that person changed the whole world. And that's Paul. And what an amazing thing that is. So his name was Saul, and he was Paul, and he was there trying to, he was giving orders to kill Stephen. Giving those orders. Yet, we see later how God took a hold of this man, and this man, not only was he, he was trying to, he was killing Christians, but now he's serving God. Now he's going to jail in the name of Jesus. Now he's writing books in the New Testament. Now he's doing everything that he was so against. Now how does that happen? How can that happen? How can someone go from killing the people that then he becomes that people? How does that happen? If it, it can only happen, I think you guys know the answer, because of the Holy Spirit. Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he had an encounter with God. Jumping to Acts 9, 1 through 5, it says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. See, see what he's doing? He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus. So if he found any there who belonged to the way, that's the people of God, whether men or women, he might take them, take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light flashed from heaven around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul says, who are you, Lord? When they say Lord in those times, they mean like, it's kind of like, sir. You know, it's kind of like, it's not, he wasn't addressing him as God at the moment. But he says, who, you know, who are you? Who are you? And he says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. So what happened is that he had an encounter with God. He had an encounter with God and was filled with the Spirit of God. Will you have an encounter with God? Will you allow God to have an encounter with you? And that's the thing that, you know, we're here day in and day out preaching the word, hoping that all of us will be seeking an encounter with God. Not a supernatural, a superficial, but a supernatural encounter with God. A deep encounter with God. Not, not allowing the, the silly things to, that, that hinder us, that may seem like a big deal, understanding that that's not a big deal. And what's a big deal is that we live a holy and righteous life. And here's a... Here's another thing. So when, when Saul or Paul, now he's blinded, he has an encounter with God. He's like, okay, I've messed up. I was doing things against you. Now I want to serve you. And then look what God does. He sends somebody else. 
Another person that we know is not famous. Another person that, you know, he sends Ananias. He went to, in Acts chapter 9, 17. It says, then Ananias went to the house and entered, placing his hands on Saul. So here you have somebody, just somebody that is filled with the Holy Spirit, being obedient to God. And God tells him, look, I need you to go to this house and put your hands on this guy. And, you know, maybe he was thinking, oh, this guy's killing us. You know, I, I don't know if I want to go to him. You know, but God is telling him to go, and here he goes. So I'm t what I'm saying is that God will use us to do mighty things. doesn't matter what our positions are, what we do for a living. If we are people of God and are obedient to the Word of God, God will use us to do mighty things. So he says, he gets there, and he says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So here we see that encounter with the Holy Spirit. And we know that that encounter changed the lives of millions of people. Millions of people. Paul took the Word of God to the Gentiles. You know, God let them know that it wasn't only about the Jewish people, it was about people. That God loves everybody. So I guess a question to us all is, will we allow God to use us for his kingdom's sake? Will we allow him to use us the way he used his people in the scriptures? You know, I've said time and time again, if the scriptures were still being written and put into, into books, we would be part of those writings. We are the church in La Mirada. We are the church that God has chosen here to do his work. And are we willing to do that? Are we willing to be like Stephen? Are we willing to be like Paul? Are we willing to be like Ananias? Are we willing to be people that allow God to work through us in, no, in, in the way God wants? Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to, to, to trust in God? What a privilege it is to trust in God. Understand that it is a privilege. It is a privilege. And we have to do our part to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And how do you do that? Maybe you're, well, okay, I want the Holy Spirit, but how do I, how do, I do that? Well, we'll ask God. Does the Bible not say to ask God? Does the Bible not say to cry to God? Do you think that if you ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, He's going to say, you know what, I don't think I want to today. No, He's going to say, are you ready? Are you ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you ready to take on the responsibility to be a man or woman of God? Do you really want to be the remnant that rises up during these difficult times? Do you really want to be used by the power of God? Do you really want to, to slay the wicked in the name of Jesus? Amen. I'm in. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're in. <laughs> We're in. Why? Because, because of God. And it's all for the power of God. It's all for spirit. Speaking the truth and the word of God to the lost. That's why we have to do the things that we do. So that the lost can hear the word of God. And that their hearts can change. There are many hearts that are hardened right now. Many hearts that are hardened. We need to let the truth be known. And we need to be the influencers in this culture. We need to be the ones that move things. The church needs to be 
visible. The church needs to be out there. But the church needs to be supernatural. The church needs to trust in the power of God. It needs to trust in the power of God because there is nothing that God cannot handle. Nothing. Nothing. You know, I, I, when, I, when I think about this, I, I think of, you know, that when I, one of my trips that I was able to go to Cuba and there was, there was the government-controlled churches and churches that were allowed to function out like, you know, normal churches. And, and um, I remember I was in there and I just noticed something was kind of off and they were just kind of like, just doing church, no big deal, just doing church. And I went up to some people that I could tell were, um, were people filled with the Holy Spirit. And I told them, I asked them, I said, I said, can you please take me to the church? And they said, uh, what, we are in church. I said, no. I said, you know what I'm talking about. Take me to the church. And they're like, oh, you want to see the church? <laughs> and so in the underground, you know, not under, you know what I mean. In, in the hiding is the church of God, not in the public, like just where everybody to see because they're being persecuted. But there are places where the power of God is flowing in an amazing way. And that will spread. That will grow. That will be contagious. So matter, no matter what happens, we have to be a church like that. We have to be the church where if somebody, if, if this country gets to be where, where you can't even say, I don't know, where we lose our liberties, where we can't preach the Word of God, well, we're still going to preach it. We have to be one of those people, one of those churches that when people say, hey, where's the, where's the church? I go, I know where one of those is. I know where some of those people are. And I guarantee you that the people of God will not, will not let this happen without a fight. We are the people of God and we will not just stand down and watch evil take hold. We will stand up with the truth and with the word of God. We will do that. We will do that. Again, there is nothing that God cannot handle. There are brave people out there. Years ago, it's been many years now, but do you remember that Columbine shooting uh, that almost kind of marks the beginning of this time where people started shooting up in schools. That The young girl who was, I, I even forget her name, I'm sorry, but, but she was confronted with, with those, those murderers and they asked her to denounce her faith and they would let her live. Well, she's in the glory of God living it up now. She did not denounce her faith. We will not denounce our faith. We can be strong. We will be strong because we have our God. Now, the one thing that we need to do is to surrender all. I, when, in a minute, Laura, I'm going to ask you to come back up and sing that song because we need to surrender all. One of, the, one of the most important things that people don't understand is that if you don't surrender all, how are you going to let God be all in your life? If you keep God out of certain areas in your life, how, how is God going to use you? We have to surrender every part of us. And that's not easy for all of us, but we need to do that if we are going to be used by God. Let me tell you, when we, when we do that, if we do that, we are not going to do things that we are hating. We're not gonna, God's not going to take us to, to places that we're just hating. I just don't want to do this. You know, everything that we do, being filled with the Spirit, you're going to find that you're going to enjoy it more than you've enjoyed anything in your life. Because God knows what you need. God knows, you know, God is our joy. God is our hope. 
and being filled with the Holy, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit is where each and, any, each and every one should strive to be. You know, I'm sure that, that Stephen didn't expect to, to go out like that, but what, what a message to the people. What a message to the people of God that we will not stand down. We will tell them in the face that they need Jesus. And until our last breath, we will proclaim the truth, the word of God. That even in the end, we will tell them, God, please forgive them. That God will use his people. That God will use little ones like this. I'm going to hold you up right now. Little ones like this. Ashamed or afraid to look and be in front of people. God will use the little ones to preach the word of God. God will use each and every one of us so that we can see God's glory. Your mask is wet? Okay, here, take it off. Go. Praise Jesus. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. Holy Spirit, I ask you to reach your people this morning. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill us in a way that we maybe don't understand or are, are, are a supernatural way, Father, for some that don't understand, may we learn about it, Lord Jesus. May we see, Father God, the power that you have for us, Lord. May we see, Lord Jesus, that you are our God. May we see, Father God, the things that you want us to do. Holy Spirit, may we be able to surrender every part of our lives. May we be able to give all that we are for you, Lord Jesus, that every breath that we have, Father, be for glorification of you, Lord Jesus. May we be able to go out and to preach the word, the truth, the word of God, Father, that only, that only you, Father God, can bring salvation to the lost, that only you, Father God, can save us, that only you, Lord Jesus, can save this country, that only you, Lord Jesus, can save this world. Oh, Father God, we praise you. And we glorify you, Lord Jesus. And I ask, Father God, I ask, Father God, that you move in the hearts of people here this morning that are hearing us. Wherever, wherever, you, wherever you want, Lord, wherever we can speak your word, will you move in their hearts, Lord? And if they don't know you, if someone does not know you, will you help them understand? Help them understand that, Father, that all we need to do is to believe in you and trust in you. And allow you to be our God because there is no other God. All other gods are lesser gods. They're not even gods at all. There is only one God. One true God. And that is you, Lord Jesus. So Father, I ask that you move upon your people, Lord. And if there's someone here that does not know you or is sliding backwards, Lord, in their faith, Father, that they can just straighten it all up today or open their heart to you today, Lord Jesus and change their life forever and become part of the remnant that will rise up in these days which could be the last days we don't know but we know Father God that we will serve you Lord Jesus may your Holy Spirit Father guide everything that we do 
May we understand, Lord, that this world is temporary and nothing about it, nothing about it matters except that we get your word out and that your love can be seen and that the wicked can see, Lord Jesus, that you are the one and only true God. Oh, Father, we praise you and we glorify you, Lord Jesus. I ask you, Father, to do miracles, signs, and wonders with your people, with this church. And Lord, may this not just be words that, that, that we're hearing. May this be action that we're taking. May this be our life that we are changing. May we live a life that is holy and righteous and blameless before you, Lord Jesus. Let the things that we do that are not pleasing to you be taken from us, eradicated from our lives. And may we do everything, Father God, to please you. May we be used like Stephen, Lord Jesus, who was waiting on tables but yet filled with the Holy Spirit. And his actions, Father, changed the whole world, Lord Jesus. May we be people like Ananias, Lord Jesus, that obeyed you and went to where they weren't sure, but they knew that you were telling them and they did what you asked and were obedient to your word. May we be like Paul and boldly speak the word of God. May we be like your saints. May we be like you, Lord Jesus, seeking you in everything that we do. May the power of your Holy Spirit grip us, Father, in this, this generation, Father, that does not fear you. May we fear you, Father. We may, fear, we, may we fear you, Lord Jesus, and we fall at our knees, Father, worshiping you. So, Father, I just ask that you do a mighty work in us. These are not just, yeah, we're here on Sunday, but let this be our life. Let this be every day, Lord Jesus. May we passionately serve you, Father God not turning to the left or to the right, not being lukewarm, but on fire for you, Lord Jesus. May we make the best at our t of our time here, the time that you have given us. May we praise you with it. May we praise you with our voice, with our lives, with what you have given us. May we praise you with everything, Lord Jesus. Father, you are the author of our faith, and we stand here putting our faith in you, Lord Jesus. And again, if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, please do so right now. Put your faith in Jesus. And if you find yourself, if you find yourself away from God, but yet proclaiming to be with God, you can change that right now. You can change that right now. Don't worry about what people think. Don't worry about what people say. Just do it in the name of Jesus. Be strong with the Holy Spirit. Be bold for God is your God and He will never forsake you. He will take care of you and never leave you. He will always be there. So Father, may we be obedient to your word and mimic those who have served you, Lord Jesus, and follow, follow their example and surrender all to you, Lord Jesus. Father, we love you.
In your name we pray. Amen. I want the worship team to come up if, if you can, please. And, our, and, and Laura, please sing that song, um, We Surrender uh -huh. All. Is that the name of it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Surrender All. The altar or the sidewalk, whatever, is open. If God is moving in your heart and you are wanting to surrender all and you haven't come up here, we'll pray together. Let's trust in God. We're here to serve God. And the Bible tells us to lay hands on one another and pray. So the altar is open if you want. If, you, if God is moving in your heart and you're here, come up here. If you're on, on watching us, you know, let us know. We can pray for you too and reach out to us. God will make a difference. God will make a difference. We will be the difference makers because we are the people of God. Do not fear. Do not fear.